Is this thing on? Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Uh, because I don't have intro music yet for my podcast, I'm still trying to figure that out. I need to come up with a clever way to say welcome to episode 26. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Pro Style Watches. I can certainly give you the ad rundown that I gave you last week and I believe the week before. Um, but I'll be honest, this is just something that I support. Uh, I believe it. It's something that I'm wearing currently. Please them, uh, please give them a, a, a check out at ProStyleWatches.com. They're also available on Instagram. You may recognize some of the models from their, their shoots. Um, shout out to my friends that are doing that. But uh, let's kind of dig in and start. So uh, in the last week or so, um, we've had a few interesting things kind of happen in pop culture and the news. And I think none bigger than, at least if you happen to be semi into sports or politics and maybe you don't like the two blended. Jamel Hill mentioned that uh, the president was a white supremacist. Regardless of how you might feel about that statement, um, I guess the question here becomes, do I personally think that it's something that she should have said given the platform that she has at ESPN? This wasn't something that she said on the air. She used her personal Twitter account for it. But given the policies of ESPN, here's why it gets a little dicey, um, at least for her anyway. Certainly, they monitor your personal you know, Twitter, your personal social networking stuff to kind of make sure that it represents the brand in a certain way. And because of that, it certainly puts you in an awkward position when you want to voice certain things. Um, I'm a big fan of Bamani Jones. He has a podcast outside of his radio show and his TV obligations that he does called The Evening Jones. He's able to talk about anything that he wants. It's written into his contract that it's okay as long as it's not sports related. Now, I can't remember if he said something that people would believe to be that inflammatory, but he certainly said questionable things. So, A, this is a plug for that podcast because I really enjoy it and I kind of developed a lot of my own style from it, if I'm honest, um, from listening to that. And B, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. So uh, I'll start by saying I don't think Jamel is wrong in expressing her opinion. I hate that we've gotten to the point in the country where anybody's ability to say something gets them fired or you have people calling for their jobs. I feel like if you're not saying something that's, um, and even if you are, if you're not saying something that's considered to be racist or, you know, these type of really negative things that impact a lot of different people, uh, I don't understand what the problem is. I think that there are certainly consequences to anything that people want to say. Uh, personally speaking, while you can say anything you want, somebody also could punch you in the mouth based on the things that you said because they didn't like them. So you have to you know, be cognizant of what your opinion means and how people take it. On the other hand, just based on that, I don't think that organizations should then reach out to my employer to terminate my employment based on the things that I'm saying when we can actually talk about these things in factual terms. If I blame Jamel for anything, I think that she has the outlet um, to be able to kind of explain this stuff. If I'm honest, if I'm her and I really feel this way, yo, write it in long form. This is what The Undefeated is about. Put this on uh, Nate Silver's website, the one about statistics. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But you have so many platforms that are available to you 
to explain your purpose and why you feel the way you feel, then you don't get the same backlash. But if I'm also honest, there's a certain part of me that wonders why, as a black person, we are held to a different standard where the minute that we call out what we perceive to be racism or white supremacy or so many other things, people then say, hey, wait a minute, um, we can't necessarily represent that. You're wrong for saying that about somebody when they've shown these tendencies. I don't think that we've had a situation where the White House uh, has specifically said that somebody should be fired. But if we're just being honest, um, Donald Trump himself has called many a people a racist. Donald Trump himself has done so many things where if the Obama White House would have said to NBC, you need to fire this guy that's on The Apprentice because he called me a racist or he said that I wasn't born in this country and he's perpetuated these things and has never really apologized for them or said anything differently, why are we having this this case? Um, I think that if we're just being real with ourselves, freedom of speech is something that everybody has. And I think that we, at times, we misuse what we think that that means. That just means that the government itself will not prosecute you for the things that you say. This is clearly one of those situations where the government itself is saying like, hey, we don't, dis- we don't think we like what you said, so we're going to try to make your life a living hell. So I don't agree with that. Um, I really hope that Jamel makes it through this. Uh, I've been listening to his and hers, which started as a podcast for years now before they got their TV show, and then they moved on to the six. So I'm just going to give my support. I'm sticking with her. Um, I hope she makes it out through all of this. But if I'm honest, I don't really know how it plays out. I certainly know that you know ESPN has suspended people for less uh, Bill Simmons comments about Roger Goodell. Uh, they fired people for other things they thought were egregious. Um, Kurt Schilling saying various things that were kind of inflammatory. I want to say against Hillary Clinton and maybe like, you know, some kind of minority groups or something, but I can't remember that. So if that's wrong, I don't want to put that on them in my bad. Um, but you've had these things. And I want to say, lastly, why is everything a left and right issue? Like, let's be totally real about something. I don't think the ESPN is any more left-leaning than I think uh, most things are. Maybe I'm left-leaning. I just think they tend to tackle they tend to tackle social issues in a way that make people uncomfortable. And a lot of times, like those people happen to be uncomfortable on the right. When you're dealing with sports, and if we're being honest, football, basketball are majority black. So we see a lot of these issues that affect black people because there are black people that are dealing with these issues. It's not because they're left-leaning. They're certainly black Republicans. I'm pretty sure that anybody that's in the NBA, like they'd love to be a black Republican if you said some social things that they were really cool with. There was an article that came out today saying like, if you made $32 million a year as an NBA player, you're only really taking home 15. So if that's the case and I can keep more money in my pocket from a taxing perspective, maybe I should be a black Republican too. So it's just my thought. Um, Feel free to comment on that and let me know what you're thinking. Uh, I'm going to probably touch on this with some other people um, soon. Uh, I have a panel that I'm kind of working on to get together just to kind of see where people are at. Uh, Something else that I thought that was interesting over the last week that's kind of happened. My man Kevin Hart ain't really being funny right now. Now, I don't want to touch on his personal issues because honestly, that's not my business if it was my business, I have the 
uh, ability, I guess, to kind of talk about it on my podcast. But let's be real. Telling the truth to the world that's not pretty isn't easy. And I think he did it from a perspective of not trying to be uh, blackmailed into paying somebody mad money. But if I'm looking at it like this, why is everything for public consumption? Like, let's really like dissect this for a second. You have blogs, you have people who are all over the internet who basically are invested in you being brought down or, you know, all of your warts being kind of exposed to the world. And if we're being just honest with ourselves, who in the entire fuck wants that shit to happen? We've all done things that we're probably not proud of. We all have a public persona that's different than the persona that we want to have recognized by the entire world. <laughs> like, I know I have a, a standard that I try to live up to myself. That doesn't mean I want the public or my job or anybody knowing that when I get home, I might want to say nigga or I listen to rap. That just might not be for public consumption. But we have all of these outlets who have essentially taken the model of um, the National Enquirer and all of these other things, and they've taken it to the next level. So I don't know how to feel about this. Like, I hate it. Um, I didn't necessarily watch the video. Like, I've certainly scrolled past a number of screenshots. I don't need to hear audio or anything. I just know it's not my business. People can get entertainment however they want to get it. And the truth is, is that real life right now is way, and I mean way more entertaining than anything on TV. Like reality ain't got this kind of twist and turns right now. I mean, reality does have these kind of crazy twists and turns right now. TV doesn't. I'm pretty sure whatever I'm watching on Netflix don't have nothing coming at me the way that this does. So because of that, um, I'm tuned in. And I think that's part of the problem. Why am I so invested in somebody's life that I don't know? Why do we follow all of these people? Are we so involved in things that like through Facebook, through Instagram, through Snapchat, through Twitter, we care more about what people we don't know are into than we ever did before. And that wasn't always the case. I mean, everybody's always loved celebrities, but there used to be a certain decorum that we had where it was like your personal life was your personal life. And now you get the chance to just kind of, you know, provide whatever it is as you do as, a, as an act or a service. If you're in the music, whatever, you do that and then you could go home. Like, will Michael Jordan be the GOAT right now if he, you know, if we knew that he slept with a thousand women while he was kind of, or I don't know if the number was a thousand, whatever the number that uh, Juanita Jordan's um, private investigator found while they were married, will we still think of him the same way if we weren't watching home videos of him as a kid through Sports Illustrated with like, come fly with me, I'm throwing the football in my backyard, I got my kids here, like looking like the good family man. So it's a different world that we live in. Uh, being 36, I'm going to keep it real. Like, It's scary in a lot of aspects, but this is the world we live in, so you got to adapt. I'm just going to try to do my best to kind of stay in my lane and certainly not necessarily worry about what everybody else is doing. Uh, another crazy thing for this week, um, the Emmys. Unlike the Oscars, when it's like the Oscars so white and a bunch of black people wanted the Oscars, it seemed like... Uh, minorities did really well for the Emmys this year. Um, I don't necessarily want to criticize a bunch of people, but I will say this because I don't want to forget it. Uh, the woman that won um, for writing 
in Master of None. Don't know like Shorty's name, but uh, there was an episode for season two called Thanksgiving. I say this to everybody that I ever meet and we talk about TV. It's by far the best episode of television I've seen in 2017. Maybe 2016. It's probably the best thing I've seen since maybe, you know, the the penultimate episode of like Breaking Bad or something. Like it was just that good. And it comes from a comedy perspective, but because it's dealing with a black family and how they're dealing with um, their daughter being lesbian, it's just a crazy dynamic watching this all kind of happen. Uh, I suggest anybody that's got Netflix or access to somebody else's Netflix to check that out. Uh, it's just one of those things that I really love. So shout out to all of the people that won. I don't necessarily want to just say it's just about us because a lot of people deserve to do what they did this weekend. Um I wish we didn't see Sean Spicer. I don't think that you should be beat up forever for the choices that you make, but he probably needs to go away for a while. And I can't necessarily laugh at you. Like, I know it. Your crowd size is the biggest crowd size for an inauguration in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it as a joke. Um, The only joke is we're not laughing. You've enabled somebody that's kind of like a madman. But oh well. Um, Where I really wanted to go with this Emmy thing was to talk about Issa Rae's comments. So I'm a big, big fan of Insecure. I didn't really rock with the awkward black girl thing. I saw a few episodes on YouTube, but shout out to Issa for giving so many um, African-American and minority people uh, a platform because I know they're, they're writing real heavy right now. And it's not even just about Insecure, but it's what they're trying to create outside of that to kind of give more people a platform to kind of put themselves into a position to write. Or be successful in Hollywood. So I I give her credit for that. I will say, if I'm going to knock her, um, she specifically said like, hey, uh, they're like, hey, who are you looking for to win an Emmy Emmy this year? Hey, I want anybody that's black. While that that comment is harmless, and I'm not saying she's wrong, there's certain things you just can't say to the public. And this goes back to my point about Kevin Hart where we've gotten so desensitized and we share so much and because people want to be authentic or be honest, you forgot that you got to protect your brand. Like you can't just have a situation where it's just the black community that's rocking with you and supporting you or you won't be on HBO for long. We all love power on stars, but if it was only black people watching power on stars, 50 Cent wouldn't have a show. And I don't want to see that necessarily happen. Like, I think we're in a point where, if I'm just being real, we're kind of in a black renaissance for TV, right? Um, I'm an, I say I'm an 80s baby, but I, 80s baby, but I really grew up in the 90s. So I remember the Cosby show. Fresh Prince of Bella was my favorite show growing up as a kid. I remember Different World. I remember Martin. I remember Family Matters. I remember this like big period with living single and all of these shows were actually on TV and you could see black people on TV every week. I remember when UPN stopped being a, te- uh, a network and it stopped necessarily having all of the black shows from Oisha to uh, what's the show that used to have um, Malcolm and Eddie. There was a bunch of them that they had that were just black people to the game. Girlfriends. You started to have a period where there wasn't a lot of black people on TV. Like you had the one or two, you know, roles in major shows, Aisha Tyler and Friends, for instance, but you didn't see necessarily television shows with a black cast really prominently on TV. 
So we're at a point now where these things are coming back into style right now. Black people are killing it in terms of creativity and having platforms to kind of do the work that we think that we've needed for so long. And I don't want us to lose that because we're so focused on being prideful, like, yeah, we want black people to win. Yo, I want us to win too. Just remember that it's other people that hang on every word that you say. And I don't want us to feel like we all need a PR person, but at the end of the day, we kind of do, especially if you're in that spotlight. There's certain shit that I can't say on this because of how I know it affects me later or at my like regular job in life. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not keeping it real because I'm trying to do that as well. But you got to be smart about the way that you move. And so shout out to Issa. Again, I'm not saying that she's wrong. I'm sure people will disagree with me on that. But, you know, I just want to keep on seeing insecure until I can't see it no more. Um, I'm still Lawrence Hive, winner of season two. Uh, Finally, I think the thing that I wanted to talk about was a sports topic. Obviously, being a guy, and I'm a big-time basketball fan, I play all of the time myself. I think one of the, the most curious things that's kind of happened in the offseason, and again, I'm not ESPN, so this isn't going to be uh, one of these analysis on trades or why I think this person's better than that. You'll never get that from you on my platform. But what I will say is that It's kind of interesting hearing the words of Kyrie Irving as he described why he wanted to leave Cleveland. And as I listened to him, you could tell it was a well thought out kind of plan for him to roll this out. And one of the things that kind of stood out to me was that you had, um, I believe it was Stephen A. say, hey, did you talk to LeBron before you left? Kyrie Irving's response was no. And Stephen A. Smith was like, well, why not? Kyrie's response, and I'll just be real, was, but why? Now, if we put this in a vacuum and we think about it, a lot of times we make decisions based upon what's good for us and not necessarily what's good for maybe another collective that we're dealing with. You could have an awesome thing going at work with your job. You decided that you wanted to take an interview and you think that the new organization you're going to work for is amazing. So because they're amazing, you're not going to go back and tell your, your people and your coworkers, hey, I got a new job before you're ready to let them know that that's what you're going to do. You don't run it by them. You don't ask them any questions. You do none of that. And unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where we expect these kind of things from people who I don't want to say we view as larger than life, but because the media is involved, it's like, well, why didn't you do this? I understand that LeBron James is the best player in the NBA currently. But at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving had to make a decision for himself, and he has to deal with the ramifications of that. Like, are we asking if LeBron is telling Kyrie, like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to, like, I'm going to re-sign here past next season, or am I going to, you know, bolt and go someplace else? He's probably telling Kyrie the same thing he told everybody else. I don't know. We'll see what happens after next year. So I'm supposed to base my future on something when somebody's not doing the same thing for me. And this is one of my biggest knocks on why people are giving Kyrie a hard time. Like, you got to let that man rock. Let him have the ability to kind of make mistakes or do whatever he feels is in his best interest. Because at the end of the day, it's his life to live and not ours. We can criticize things. We probably shouldn't because that's the society that we live in. 
But, you know, we everybody has an opinion now. I clearly have an opinion or I wouldn't have a podcast. But I just can't say that he's wrong because he didn't want to tell somebody before he made a move. Even after he made it, like the honest truth is he only owed one person some kind of explanation. And that was probably his family. That's the, you know, those are the people he's affecting with this. I don't know if he has a wife, whatever, but that's where he probably needed to go with that. So those are my quick topics. Um, I wanted to kind of tie all of that together just because, honestly, I feel like this is just based on us sharing just way too much info. And that's why, like, I picked these four things that stuck out to me in my mind uh, for the the last week that's going to happen. It's probably a segment where I want to start, you know, saying I'm praying for all of the hurricane victims that kind of happened in Florida. I'm really glad that my friends that were down there in Miami and the surrounding areas kind of got away. Or if they were there, they didn't suffer a lot of damage. I know they didn't have power for some time, but, you know, just want to say I'm thankful for that. Um, Any of the people that are currently going through stuff with the hurricane going through, I believe, uh, Puerto Rico. I forgot what the name of this one's going to be. A lot of times we feel like really far removed when it's not happening to us. Uh, All of my people in in Cali who experienced a minor and I'll say super minor earthquake, uh, I remember seeing on somebody's feed um, that had been there, and I don't want to name her by name, but shout out to her that you didn't even wake up to feel it. I didn't wake up to feel my first um, earthquake either when I lived there. So believe me, one will come, you'll feel it. I just hope that it's not something that's catastrophic, not wishing that on you. I'm knocking on glass, but that was me knocking on wood. Um, Just want everybody to be happy and safe. Uh, We're getting to the point where the weather's probably going to change soon, even though I think it's going to be in the 80s this weekend, so I'm going to get it in. But this has been another episode of The Real World. This is episode 26. It's dropping on Wednesday. Y'all know what this is, and I hope everybody has a blessed one. We out of here. Peace.